Thank you, thank you. Oh, it's my honor. Thank you, thank you. It's my honor for every day. Thank you. All right, and welcome back to Hot Marriage Cool Parents. We are so pumped. Oh my gosh, this is, it's official. We are in our new house now. Yes, and we are in a new podcast room, which is not going to be our podcast room. This is the kids' makeshift well it's not a makeshift playroom but it kind of is it's, it's Hendrix's makeshift bedroom yeah. so because there's a dark dark cave hole that he's sleeping in in his pack and play right now yeah and so the first time ever we're doing these behind the scenes not the first time ever actually we no. used to do it and then Usually I really, it was on our bed yeah no I'm saying like the YouTube video behind the scenes right we did it a couple times when we first launched our podcast like years ago and turns out you know we just got lazy and didn't really continue to do the video aspect of it because it takes work and we yeah. didn't have an editor and all that jazz. But Family Made's awesome because they have an amazing editor. Shout out to Matt. Yes. And uh, he helps whip these behind the scenes videos together. So maybe we'll send him a picture of where our son is sleeping right now. So those of you who are listening, if you want to see, or if you follow <laughs> me on Instagram, you probably already saw. But um, yeah, he's we're in his their playroom. And it was the first room that we made sure was 100% clean and safe for the kids out of this whole house that we just spot because it's the closest to um one of the bedrooms that has flooring that we couldn't rip up because that most of the house had carpet that we ripped up and there's one section of the house that has these older tiles so we decided that that was going to be our place where we're going to sleep this room is right next door it has a big walk-in closet where uh jamie and our help has organized all the toys, which is, it's the first time that I've seen organization with all the toys that they have. I really don't like it when you say our help. That's just a weird way to say oh, it. Our assistants. I don't yeah. even know if you want to say that. Like they're, like, they're like our friends and I don't know. It's odd. I feel like I grew up. Yeah, but don't you know. don't, I mean, we, we pay them. We do pay them. I don't want to say our, they're not our help though. Okay. I mean, well, they are helping us, but I feel like that just sounds. I didn't mean that to be bougie. They're, they help us. I know. Well, it sounds, I don't know if that sounds Friends degrading. that help. Is that degrading? No. Okay. I don't know. I just don't, I <laughs> think they're honestly, inevitably anyone who comes into our life. Becomes part of the family. Yeah. And so I feel like to call them help is just, I don't know. That just sounds not as, yeah. they're more way, they're so meaningful to us. Like I feel like the lawn guys who cut our lawn they're not even help. Like they're also awesome. And like, what would we do without them? Because our lawn would be overgrown and it'd be a forest, you yeah. know? Okay. Uh, but anyways, yeah. So I don't use that term anymore. Sorry. I have big feelings about that. Apparently I didn't realize until you said that like that though. And I was like, wait a minute. I don't know what you call someone who you hire your assistant, but then it's like, they become like family. And what was that? <laughs> our new soundboard you and the switchboard that you love okay <laughs> we went way off on a tangent and the first thing we usually do is give a, a five-star review shout out and yes. like truly blown away by the five-star reviews that have been coming in thank you so much it means the whole wide world to us truly just to know that like when we put something out there it's actually meaningful and that it's actually helping you because otherwise it's kind of pointless to even do this. I mean, the whole point of this podcast is, well, A, for Doug and I to have some, like a chat uninterrupted. Yeah. We really don't sit down and talk to each other like no. this. 
unless it's the <laughs> podcast because we have, you know, like otherwise you have to like schedule that time into your schedule. And like right now we're renovating a house. We're trying to rent out our old house. So many distractions. We have two kids or, I mean, there's a million other things. If we get a little bit of time alone, it's going to be trying to make a baby in like a bedroom that no one's in. And it's not going to be to sit down and have a heart to heart talking about, you know, anything and everything. Yeah. So the podcast is great for us for that reason. But it is reassuring when, when you guys do leave your comments and reviews, uh, it helps us. It helps us, you know, focus our content on what you guys really like and also share our stories. But we also want to get to know you guys. So this is a, a great way for some of you to get on the podcast. Yeah. So Doug is going to give a, a read for the five star review he chose for this week. Yes, so this comes from Lorette One, who writes, Hanging on, so proud of you guys. God has truly blessed your lives. You kept up the good work and supporting each other. That's what it's all about, not giving up. Now look at what you have done. So glad you are back with your podcast. You are so open and truthful. Can't wait for the next episode. Aw, thank you, Lorette. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, just reading all of the reviews, we read every single one, and it's just been so encouraging and loving. So thank you, guys. It was yeah, it was nice getting some reviews for for a while. Yeah, because we haven't seen any new reviews because we haven't had our podcast out yet. Yeah, so it's really awesome. We're really really thankful because I know you know we're all living busy lives, and so the fact that you stop to write a review for us is just, it's really meaningful and it's a nice way to connect with you. So thank you for that. Yeah, And talk about meaningful though. Um, obviously the, you know, opening up and sharing about my personal struggles and, and my journey with addiction and kind of overcoming it. I, like Jamie had said, I was scared. I was nervous. I was ashamed. Um, there was a lot of anxiety that was built up in sharing it because I've never shared it outside of except my family and friends and people that have known me. Um, but after sharing something like that, there is a waiting period of, well, how is this going to be perceived and how is this going to be received? And I got to tell you that the amount of love and support and messages that you guys have sent out was just it really touched my heart. Like it was really, really encouraging and supportive. And I just wanted to say thank you because you know, the, there are people out there that it, that this does affect, um, you know, and my hesitation to share, hopefully, you know, this, uh, any addiction, it's a, it's a, it's a battle. It's a disease, but if you don't tell anybody, if you don't talk about it, then it, you know, it's a slippery slope to death. Yeah. or, um, you know, in trouble with the law. Like there is no happy outcome to addiction ever, yeah. ever, other than conquering it. And that's the journey that I'm on now. But um, yeah, you, you know, you, you, sh you start to share and then you realize, well, that wasn't so hard. Yeah, honestly, yeah. I'm so proud of you because, you know, you kept it secret for so long, even from me. And so I knew... Obviously, I was really hurt and angry, and I went through all these emotions when I found out about it, and also, I felt like I couldn't trust you because you kept it a secret from me for so long, and... And because I was ashamed of it for so long. Yeah. And, you know, whether subconsciously I, I, I thought that... Whether subconsciously I thought that it would, you know, it would make me weak, um, you know, and I think I even shared in our first podcast episode back, like, I was I was the captain of every team that I've been on. 
um, sports. I, you know, I, I was always the leader. I was always the one that people would go to. Um, that's the role that I stepped in. But when you're a leader, when you're a captain, when you have people that look up to you, you have to, I mean, it's right or wrong. I hid a lot of my faults. Um, I always wanted things to be fine. I always had the impression that everything's going to work out. I still do. But when things are bad and you don't turn to anybody, it could start to get worse. And I never had anybody to share it with. I I knew I had people to share it with. I never shared it. Yeah. I think that I'm like so proud of you even just sitting here listening to you because you said when you're the leader and everyone looks up to you, you have to, and then you stopped yourself because you don't have to hide these Mm -hmm. things. You really don't. Just because you're the leader and just because you're, you know, the captain does not mean that you don't make mistakes, that you don't have difficult days. And I think the best leaders and the best people who are captains of their teams and the most influential people are the people who can share their mishaps and share their journey because they're helping other people realize that it's okay to share when you're struggling or you're suffering or you've fallen under, you know, whether it's like financial debt or it's, uh, you know, like an eating disorder. I mean, there's all sorts of different things that we all, yeah. it could be it's the, the gamut runs that well, the things that we hide and shame and fear that then we're going to look down upon when really if we can open up and share it, I mean, I can't believe truly the amount of people who follow us who are either also on Suboxone or I don't even know if I say that right Suboxone yeah, same. Uh, uh, who are also on that who have struggled with addiction or who have known someone yeah I am genuinely shocked by that because I didn't know that and I don't think anybody would have ever told us because they would they probably also hid in shame and yeah. not you know and then for, for the select few that were like I'm on that and it has saved my life <laughs> and I'm proud of it I'm like yeah. good for you and thank you for for sharing that because obviously you were struggling for yeah. so long to be able to share that and to hear another person say yeah I'm on that too and I'm not ashamed I'm proud that that's helping me stay clean yeah. it's so good for you to hear that it really is and you know it's you no no addict wants to openly share you know at some point no addict wants to admit that they're an addict but when you don't admit it you can't get help you can't grow you can't move forward but you also can't build a support system that knows what you're going through and knows you know they've been in your shoes or they're going through and just having that support system is really, really important to any recovery. The um, so so far, I've had um, a couple shots of that new medication, Sublocade. I wanted to ask you, and also celebrate with you that it's been four weeks today since you've kind of come out of the closet and shared that you've struggled with this opioid addiction. And yeah. like, how are you feeling? You know, it was uh, you. you you build up these stories in your head. And I think that's like with any big decision or with anything that you're holding on to, you start to imagine, you know, how it's going to be, what people are going to say, um, you know, and I, I genuinely feel happy that I did it. I do. Um, and I, I feel like it's it, like, I'm, I'm not hiding a part of me anymore, which you know, I don't know if that makes sense. Oh, it makes perfect sense. But, you know, the, when you share things, people get to, to know you more. And I think what, 
was so scary to me or for me was, you know, like I'm, I was always set in, I have a great group of friends. I have a great family that know me. You know, there's parts that I didn't want to talk about. I didn't want to relive or, or go into it. Um, and so I wouldn't, I wouldn't make new friends because there was a part that you don't want people to know about, or you don't, you don't want to spend time having to go through the whole story again and again and again. And, you know, that's, it's not fair to yourself. It's not fair to, to close yourself off to pretty much the world. But in your defense, I remember when we were newly married and I knew about the opioid addiction. I didn't know that you were still on Suboxone. And I had just written my book, Wifey 101. And I also had a jewelry line, Jamie Otis Jewelry. And we were at like one of those festival type things where I had a little tent set up. If you've been following me forever, then you probably remember when I would go and I'd put pop up a tent and I little would- Little kiosk. Yeah. And it was so fun. Big Doug and Bonnie would come and we would sell my jewelry and my book and we would just get to know like some fans. And, you know, it was just so fun. But I remember this one in particular, we went and it was in your hometown and there was a guy there. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do. Yeah. I don't know if I remember what you're, where okay. you're going with it. So there was a guy there who you knew from when you were addicted. And he and his wife or girlfriend were there. I remember this vividly because I was newly married to you. I didn't know that you were on Suboxone. I knew that you had some addiction, but I didn't know, like, you hid it so much from me. You never wanted to talk about it. His family didn't talk to me about it. Like, they would talk about it in front of me and then say, well, that's for Doug to talk to you about. And I'm like, okay, true, but I am now his wife and I'm standing by him. Like, I need to know what's going on. But I was really kept in the dark over all of this. I mean, and now that I look back, I'm like, that is so hurtful for me, but I'm going to just move on. Not even so much from you, but even from your family to like talk about it in front of me. Well, it's more hush hush about it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's less about you. It's more about, you know, that was more about me and and what I was sharing. And I get that. And and I, I get where you're coming from. I, I think that there's also, um, parts where you know you're like I I wouldn't want to like with my brother's wife um if there was something that we were talking about and she was just like what I would feel uncomfortable saying it about my brother without my brother saying it to his wife I get that but going back to the story uh this guy was there and he said something along the lines of he thinks you're using again because you were so skinny and you were irate. I, you're a very calm, even-keeled, patient, like fun-loving guy. I've never. That was like one of the first times I've seen yeah. you really have like an opinion about something. You're usually like go with the flow, but you were livid, and you were just yeah. so angry that this guy. And I was like, why do you like? Who is he? Like, why do you even care? Yeah. But and and then it kind of just all dawned on me that that's why you don't talk about it because then people will be judging you. If you lose weight, you're using. If you, you know, if you're, well, honestly, then there was times, and we've talked about this on the podcast, where you disappeared. And I'm like, is he cheating on me? Is he using drugs? I don't know. Because you didn't ever open up and share about these things. And so it's a kind of a double-edged shirt. It's kind of a double-edged sword when you don't open up and share about these things. Our dog is trying to get in. Oh, is that? That's definitely like, what is that scratching? Um, <laughs> but it's a double-edged sword when you don't share about these things because then it seems like you're hiding so much more, you know? Yeah, that was a that was a tipping point for me because, you know, and 
I think what what was happening in in my mind was you know when it when it came to when it came to sharing and you know when I think when when people like I I have I have a, a I don't know how to I don't know how to say it like um a lot of for a lot of my life um I took care of my body meaning I was going to the gym I was working out um you know I I'm, I think once I once I graduated college or even when we got when we first got married I was about 220 pounds but I was religiously going to the gym um you went to the gym so much, I was like, can you not go to the gym? Yeah. Did you spend four hours there? And I'm like, am I going to see you tonight after work? You know, and, and um, but for some people, when they go to the gym or if they're working out and then they stop working out, they gain weight. For me, it's the opposite. If I stop working out, I shrink. Um, a skinny weight even now is uncomfortable for me. I don't like being this weight, but it is so hard for me to gain weight. And the stigma that gets built up is anybody that is on drugs, usually they're going to like just shrivel and shrink into being something frail. Um, for me at that time, I had been clean for so long. Um, well, I shouldn't say so long, but I had been clean. Like I hadn't, haven't touched anything other than the medication that I was on. Um, and for someone to make the accusation that I was still using really hit a nerve. And one, you know, it's, it, it was on me for not sharing or not dealing with it. Like, you know, that's just what you're going to have to deal with. But also nobody knew that I was really clean. You know, anybody outside my, my friends and family, nobody knew that I was, I was clean. How it did just, that guy even know that you were using because I, because some, a, a lot of people knew that I was into pain pills. How do they know? Just from being around town. Like, oh. you know, like it was, you know, my, my friends had, uh, you know, they, they brought my family in to, and, you know, to do a little intervention. Um, and, um, you know, which is, you know, when I said my friends, you know, saved my life, I mean, they, they brought it to light, um, you know, but there was also like, it was just known. It was, you know, like little like gossip, like you know people that smoke weed. You, you know, like somehow like, I'm never in the know. I like no. never know when someone <laughs> does that or Yeah. I mean, I don't even when my mom I didn't even know my own mother. All throughout high school I knew she was gone a lot. I knew that she it took my siblings to tell me and I was like, No, yeah. our mom can't be using like she told us to never be addicted to anything. Yeah, and I, I mean I, I think there was some of that because I I was I was a very popular kid in high school. Um, I was I was really good at sports. I you know played at a very high level in, in baseball. So a lot of it was you know it was almost like shock, like uh, you know oh Doug went that route. Um, you know so there was you know just gossip like that um, that was going around. But when I started to lose weight, that stigma of not sharing and the stigma of you know someone being an addict, that's what happens is you imagine this person that's just kind of like shrinking and just skin and bones. And, and that's how it is. And, um, yes, I lost weight and you know, it's, it still bothers me. And it, you know, especially in the beginning when people started to really notice, like when we were 
having Henley. Um, yeah, you, you know, were where I lost a lot of, skinny. yeah, where I lost a lot of weight. Um, you know, for me, it was just not going to the gym, but in my head it was, you know, like, Oh, here it goes again. People are going to start to think that I'm using, um, or, you know, what's wrong with him or does he have a disease or, you know, is he sick? Um, a lot of that really bothered me. And for this person to say it, who I knew, um, it just really struck a nerve and, you know, that's, it's just on me for not coming to terms with it. Like this is just a part of me. Now I wasn't comfortable talking about it. I wasn't comfortable. And you know, it, there wasn't, there was a part of me that wanted to just sort of spin the story or try to convince him that I wasn't, but then, you know, like, what does that even do? Like, you know, at, at some point it's like, who cares? How did, how did we even know that he can, like that he thought you were using so did he tell you or something? No, he told my friends. I think it was uh, like, he spoke to my friend, Tim or Darren or something like that. Um, and, and then, then they, they told you? yeah, they called and, and told me. Ugh. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas city, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah. So it was kind of yeah. like one of those things. Like I, I remember even in the beginning when, um, you know, anybody would accuse me. And, and so that, but that was also the thing too, is like I, I used by myself. I never, I never used in front of my friends. Like we would, we would smoke weed together. Um, you know, but anything else other than drinking and smoking weed, I did by myself. How do people know then? None of my friends were into it um, at all. Thank God. Otherwise, it could have been, I feel like you could have stayed in the addiction. If you had someone else who was into it, that would have only encouraged you to, to stay into it as well. Yeah. But there's also, when you hide it though, there's no one to call you out on your, your BS. There's no one to say like, this is getting out of hand because nobody knew about it until... Um, you know, there until, until some signs started to show where, um, you know, I was staying in, I wasn't going out, uh, or if I did go out, I was loopy because I was on drugs. Like, but I did all that by myself. And, you know, if you don't, if you don't have anybody in, and you do that, you start to go into your own little bubble and then you don't have anybody that can tell you that it's getting out of hand. You know, a lot of the story that got out was already in, um, Jamie's uh, book that she wrote, Wifey 101, Everything I Got Wrong After Finding Mr. Right, uh, which is available on Amazon. It's a fantastic read, uh, very quick book, but it also highlights everything from Jamie's childhood. Uh, and a whole entire chapter is dedicated to um, to my addiction and dependency issues, which kind of sheds a little bit more information on the background. But um, anybody that hasn't checked out Jamie's book, it's Wifey 101, Everything I Got Wrong After Finding Mr. Right, uh, available on Amazon. Um, it's amazing. Well, on the note of the fact that you have trouble gaining weight and you feel insecure about that and you really don't like, I mean, mm. people still to this day are saying, Doug is so skinny since I you guys ha- got I, uh, married. I hate being this skinny. I do. And it's funny because now, of course, I'm bigger than when we got married. Yeah. And it's just interesting how people 
it's like, do you not know that after a few, I mean, it's been a decade. It's been like a solid decade in a few months. Our bodies change. That's just what happens. Like, I'm not going to look the same as when I got married. And obviously my husband looks, I feel like it's more common for men to, and just women in general to gain weight, but you go the opposite direction. And so, which I do think though, after you're off all this medication, and I wanted to ask you like where, where you're at with your medication, but I think that once you're off it, I think you're going to gain a little weight because of course that's a side I effect. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. You know, but it, it, you know, and, and you do a lot of the body positivity stuff and you know, it's it, even being skinny, it's, you, you can't really tell people that it, it's so hard for you to gain weight. I know. You know, because then a, they're like, I wish yeah, I could have I that wish problem. I had that problem. And I do, I, it's opened my heart because I do <laughs> a lot of the body positivity. Like I'm really big on and it's not about if you're fat and embrace yourself. It's not, it's like. It's being comfortable fat, in your, in your skin. Yes. It's if you're fat, you're skinny, you're average, whatever it is, just embrace and love yourself. But it's been really eye opening for me to hear someone that I love so much struggle with body image in the opposite capacity of what yeah. the average is. Like usually people are struggling if they're, cause they've gained weight or they have more wrinkles or there are stretch marks and whatnot mm-hmm. because I'm a woman. So that's like what I hear mostly. But then to hear my husband say, and actually he's not the only one, uh, our new assistant slash like becoming like my, one of my really good friends, Kirsten. Not help. Yeah. Not the help. I will not <laughs> ever call her that. Um, she, she also, you know, loses weight when she gets stressed out and stuff. And she like was proud of her. So she's like, I can tell I'm doing really well right now because I've gained some weight. And, I, and like my first reaction is like, man, I wish I had that problem, but I don't say it anymore yeah. because you helped me realize that that's like offensive. Like that's like, if it's just, it's just not kind, you know? And so yeah. anyway, so th- so that's the great thing about being open and honest about, I, I mean, everyone has something to learn, but yeah. needless to say, Four weeks and you are free from taking Suboxone and now yes. you're taking the Sublocade. And I know that this last dose that you got was really, really painful for you. Yeah, I'm, I'm still feeling it. Um, so the, uh, for anybody that's just listening now, it's uh, instead of taking Suboxone, it's an injection that goes into your stomach and it uh, builds a layer or it's like a gel that slowly dissipates um, as time goes on. But um, supposedly there's a four month or four, um, shot cycle that you go through and then you're done and then you're off. Um, the first, the first shot that I got, I, I still have like a little lump in, in my stomach. Um, I was surprised how well it worked. Um, the second shot that I got though, um, they did in a different area of my stomach and I don't know, I, I mean, you know, for when you lay back you're you know how like you're skinny like yeah the shot it's like an an inch and a half needle and you know she propped up my skin and stuck it through but then you know my stomach flattens out and I almost think like like did she go through too many layers of my stomach because it didn't hurt like that in the beginning like my like I couldn't stretch my left arm up uh and I couldn't really throw or, or play softball where it, you know, I mean, it was, it was uncomfortable. I mean, you were in a lot of pain. It, it it's, I mean, I still feel it, you know, and, and it's been a little bit, but, um, I haven't had the need or felt any need to use Suboxone. Which is a miracle. Which is an absolute miracle. And you haven't had any withdrawals. Nothing. 
and nothing at all. And, you know, there's after the fourth shot, you know, it's kind of like that's when supposedly it's you're done and, you know, there's no there's no precipitated withdrawals. There's nothing that happens after. It's just like you 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 just go. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's pretty awesome. And, and yeah, the reason that we want to share about this is because for. 10 years you've been on Suboxone, longer than 10 years, and you didn't even know that there was a way out. You no. had no idea. Well, I knew there even- was I knew there was a way out, but the way out was slowly tapering off the medication. Which then, then caused you to have withdrawals. And then suffering through, you know, you know you're going to go through a couple weeks or a couple months of, of, of hell. Um, or at least that's what I built up in my head. I'm, you know, I, I know it's different for everybody, but... Um, being so far in and, you know, it's like your little safety net, you know, you know that you can just continue on. And I lowered the dose from when I was first on and I was on a very, very low dose uh, before I started this other program. Um, but when you taper down and you, you know, you're going to go through some at the end and you're going to have to, and for me that go was, through some withdrawals. Yeah. So th- some withdrawals and, and you'll have that, you, you know, your body will have to adjust and go through. And, um, I wasn't mentally ready for that because, you know, for, for as busy as we got, and I don't want this to sound like an excuse, but you know, for me to take a couple weeks off is, you know, a little bit unrealistic. And also just as being a parent, like, yeah, that's what I mean. It's I don't like, want our kids to see you going through withdrawals. Yeah. Like, that's I just mean, odd. it would be, you know, and I don't know how bad it would be, but, um, you know, after so many years, you just get used to taking it. And, um, it wasn't until our, our V trip and getting back where I was just like, I need to be done with this. I, I hate the chase at the end of the month where I have to fill it. I need to be out. And, you know, I think that's what, what, when people go through their addiction and get clean, I think that's what happens to a lot of people when they do get clean. It's like, there's a point where you're mentally done and you, you just, you realize, and it's like you, like you become aware of, you know, what you're doing and you just don't want it anymore. And that's the point that I got with this medicine. And, um, you know, so I never knew that this other drug existed. So I'm, I'm really being positive and, and, you know, knowing that it's going to work out. And even if it does go through, you know, even if I do go through, um, any withdrawals at the end or something, I know it's temporary Yeah. at this point, I just need to be off. And so I'm, I'm really happy with how it's been working out, but yeah, that second shot was a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was hard for me to see cause you were in so Oof. much pain, Yeah. but that is, you know, for anyone who has anyone who's listening who knows someone who is on suboxone and is trying to get off it i feel like we didn't know for so long like all we thought was that he was going to have to go through these withdrawals and there was just never a time when he could just have a month where he could just go through withdrawals and (laughs) you know leave society for a month which god bless the people who can afford to go to like the rehab treatments and the clinics and whatnot because that's awesome you know but that wasn't functional for our family so he just kept taking the suboxone until we moved to florida and he had no choice but to get a new doctor and the new doctor that he found was like oh yes there's this this way to come off and it was like the heavens opened up and you know we were both like what there's a different medication that can get you off this this is amazing so we're really thankful and i think the biggest reason 
for me kind of encouraging you to share is that there are probably so many other people out there who also are like wanting to get off and wanting to break free, but just not knowing the answer. And why isn't that more common knowledge? Like there should, I don't know. It should be way more common knowledge than just writing a prescription for this medication. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it's intended for that meaning. Like I, I think the intention is that you keep using it. Um, but I don't know. I, I, um, I, I did my own research on it and had, uh, you know, a lot of reviews and a lot of people that would say, yeah, after the third, after the fourth shot, I'm done. And, and that's it. So I was, I'm sold. All right. That's amazing. I'm, I'm so excited for you. Yeah. I can't wait. We should probably plan a couple of days though, where you can just after the last shot, you know, like where we should just try to make sure that that whole month we're not too like out of town or anything just in case yeah. so that you're not like you can be comfortable in your own home. Well, so the, the regimen is every 26 to 29 days. So we really won't know until 26 until, days after yeah, until about a month after. So well, that month shot. we should try to stay home and just, you know, just in case yeah, wishful thinking. Yeah. But Hey, you haven't <laughs> had any issues. So. No, I haven't, which is, yeah, which is, which is great. Even towards the end of the first uh, shot before I got the second shot, it was, um, it was fine. And you know, a lot of the mental habits that you have, uh, you start to, um, move away from because now you don't wake up and have something as part of your schedule yeah, <laughs> and your day and, you know, go to bed and you know you now a, it's done. You have a very, very, very addictive personality, like yeah. in the sense that, you know, like even your walk with our dog every morning, like if you miss it, you just don't like that. Like you like the same things, eating the same things do. I mean, you don't even stray from like the dessert that you like. Yeah. It's a little bit of OCD too. I was yeah. very superstitious as a baseball player. Like yeah. I, yeah, I, w- I, I don't like odd numbers. Um, I have to have all the volumes and everything on an even number. Which now I have to do the same thing. Like yeah. if we're in the car and I turn it to 13, <laughs> I switch it up to 14 because like he doesn't like it. Yeah, I don't like splitting poles. Yeah, so um, if we're walking the dog and then there's like a light pole and I walk on the right side of it and he walks on the left side, he will not follow through that left side walk. He will turn around and come back and walk on the right side yeah. of the pole. I mean, there were even times where I had to touch, um, touch my glove, my, for my baseball glove a certain way, or on our uh, bus trip to, uh, go play another college team. Um, I would, my eyes would be fixated out of the bus to look for a white horse, a white horse, a white horse, because a white horse always meant that you would get two hits in my head. What? Yeah. Very strange. Very weird. That is very strange. And then the other thing he does <laughs> is every yellow light, he has to hit the the ceiling of the car. And goes, lift my feet over uh, railroad tracks. Yeah. Like, I mean, without fail. And it's I hold my breath driving past the graveyard. I mean, these are like childhood you know superstitions, like the whole lift your feet up over the railroad and like yeah. holding your breath over the graveyard. These are all childhood superstitions yeah. that... Never followed me, but they have followed yeah. you. Well, it was, it was funny too because one of my best friends, Tim, um, he he was uh, I, he took a few psychology classes in college, and I think he went to be a psychology major. I don't know, but um, he started he started studying that and because noticed my OCD tendencies, um, and he he asked me one day. He goes, "If you don't do those things, or if you know, like if something happens where somebody has to leave it on." um, uh, an odd number. Uh, what does that do to you? And I go, I become fixated on it and I want to change it. And he goes, um, 
well, do you think something bad will happen? I go, well, yeah, I, I, I just think it would, it gives me bad luck. And he goes, yeah, that's, that's the worst part. That's of the worst. A, yeah. That's the worst part of the OCD. Yeah. 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 That's when he's like, yep, I'm, I'm diagnosing you. I wonder if, I wonder if now that you're slowly coming off this, you know, the, the Suboxone and like the drug addiction and whatnot, if maybe your OCD will get better as well. Could you imagine? That'd be amazing. No, it was worse. It was way worse before. Before the drugs? Yeah. I mean, playing for playing baseball and sports, like I was very superstitious, um, you know, and it was just things that sort of carried on um, because I, I equate a lot of the OCD stuff and, and the little quirks and things I do, I equate with um, having good luck. Well, like, forgive me for being religious, yeah. but I'm like, you just need some Jesus. You need God in your life. <laughs> like, I know it seriously. sounds, I know it sounds silly, but, um, you know, it's, I know now nothing major will happen if the volume is left on an odd number, but, or, um, but I just always feel like it's just good karma for some reason. That's so funny. Speaking about people that were happy that we brought our podcast back. We were not just speaking about that, but I no, guess that but, came to your mind. But I'm, I'm, I want to do the worst segue possible into a new uh, talking point. Um, but uh, Jamie is a big fan of the Facebook marketplace. I am a huge fan of secondhand shopping. Yes. And um, so she sent me a picture of a big trampoline. It looked like it was brand new. And it kind of was. And so this particular trampoline was about an hour away from here. Um, and we recently just got it. Um, and I brought it there. As soon as I showed up, the the person, Stephanie, um, she immediately said, I recognized who you guys are. I've watched you since the beginning. So sweet, so nice. Um, and she goes, I was so happy that your podcast came back. I can't even believe that Which she... is nuts because it had just aired and she just said that where it was, uh, you know, she's been following us and I just want to give a huge shout out to Stephanie for uh, the trampoline because the kids love it and, yeah. um, you know, I, I have all the parts and it's all set up in the I backyard the now parts, and yeah, which, I was really, really pumped about that. That's half the battle because Doug, so we went up, we made a whole day of it. First of all, Facebook marketplace or like even just shopping at like the Goodwill. Oh gosh, you can find such great things for <laughs> such a great deal. This trampoline we got is a big one and it retails for like $500. I could tell that it like really the, the pictures I'm like this doesn't even look like it's been used and we get up there so I'm like messaging her like you know we got to get this trampoline and then Doug gets up there and we, he drops us off at the zoo because we're so the kids are just busy and then he goes and unassembles this trampoline yes in the hot sun of a Florida summer unassembles this Drenched. trampoline and then one day later, even though he was sick with a cough, he went right outside and reassembled that whole entire trampoline. We did get indeed a great deal. That trampoline is beautiful. Um, but I was just like, what a great daddy you are because oh, thank you. Yeah. Cause you were just, and I, I wanted like, to finish it. Cause I mean, the kids were so excited about it. But he's gotten so much better because before he would like, if we're moving or something, he'll just like take drawers out and have like hardware, like here, hardware there. He'll put it in like a candle. Like no joke. He would put hardware in candles. And like, that was like his, I was like, Doug, take Ziploc bags and like label it. I mean, neither one of us are that great at organizing, but I'm like candles, Doug. Yeah. 
Why not? Uh, but yeah, so it's been fun living in our new house. We are slowly renovating. We have Hendrix's room a hundred percent done. So if you follow on Instagram, yes. then I'm, I'm definitely documenting the whole thing. It's so, it's oddly way more fun than I ever anticipated, mm. but it looks great. Yeah, it's, we're doing good. Hendrix is, you know, very, very happy with his room. His, his reaction to seeing his room done. I've never seen him do that before. He literally, we put his old rug, he has this dinosaur rug and we put it on the floor and then I had him close his eyes to do like this big reveal when he gets into his bedroom <laughs> and he opens his eyes and he sees the rug on the floor and he just rolls. Yeah. He rolled like a dog all over the rug, like marking his forth, territory, forth, yeah. claiming his spot. And uh, it was just really, really sweet. <laughs> that was obviously before we had any furniture in there and oh, whatnot. Yeah. But yeah, so next week we have, I mean, we have gotten so many requests to have Big Doug and Bonnie on. Yes, and uh, my parents are always open and willing. Yeah, they love coming to on the come podcast. come in and share. Are yeah. you kidding me? Bonnie loves it when people recognize her and they're like, hey, are you Doug's mom? And she's like, yes. And she just loves it when people come up and say hi to her. <laughs> yeah. We all do. Like, I mean, we absolutely yeah. love meeting you guys. So if you're ever out and you're, sometimes I get someone will message me after and say, I saw you, but I didn't want to interrupt you. I'm like, oh, I wish you would have said hi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, Big Doug and Bonnie are coming on tomorrow. And I'm really excited to talk to them about, not tomorrow, I'm sorry, next week on the podcast. <laughs> And I'm excited to talk to them. We haven't talked to them since Doug has come out of the closet, so to speak, with the whole drug addiction. Yeah. I'm really curious. I'd be interested to get their point. Yeah. Of like, what's it like when your son had this terrible secret that he was hiding and he was struggling with this addiction for uh, so this, long? This might be another emotional one. Oh, yeah. I can see. I can definitely see. I mean, I'm already kind of like just thinking about it but yeah. needless to say thank you so much for listening and for those five star reviews truly they mean the the whole wide world to us they really do i mean it just means so much to know that what we're doing is somewhat meaningful at least and so yeah. we're gonna keep doing it then and we will see you next week love you love you bye